Hi church, how are you doing? I uh, hope you're doing okay today. And um, today is the 1st of August and I hope you have seen our awesome August uh, calendar that we've put out because uh, while obviously we don't want to be in lockdown for another month, but um, let's make use of it. Let's continue uh, to be all that God wants us to be. And so um, I hope the calendar, which um, is available on the website, or you should have got an email, it's on social media, um, it'll inspire you to uh, do some things for those in your family, uh, in the, your neighborhood. Let's reach out, let's be loving people, and let's intentionally be pressing into God. Uh, Matthew 5, uh, Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we want to do this month, church. We want to let our light shine before others that they may see our good deeds and therefore glorify our Father in heaven. So let's press into that, church. And um, now we've got another great message uh, as we continue through Nehemiah that Ola's bringing to us. Enjoy. Thanks. Hello, good morning. How are you? Hope you're doing well and hope you're keeping safe. I know it's a very tricky and difficult time for us as we in, in lockdown, but, but if we do need help, please do reach out. Reach out to friends and, and family in, 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 the, in the way possible that is um, appropriate within the restriction. And, and, and we will want to pray with you and support each other to um, in this um, time that we find ourselves and as a church we've been through going through the book of Nehemiah and and today I want to just spend a few moments reflecting on Nehemiah chapter 6 and 7. I wouldn't be able to read through the entire passage but I, I do hope that, that after this reflection, maybe you've already read it already, but after this reflection it might be a good thing for you to actually read the entire chapter 6 and chapter 7 and then, and then be able to allow yourself to reflect through to that and maybe use this reflection I'm sharing today as a, as a guide for your own um, reflection. Nehemiah is a, is a fascinating book and, and he set out, as you would know, um, to build the walls of Jerusalem. Jerusalem had, and the people of Judah and Israel have been dispersed and exiled and they now have come back. But then they're not a people yet. The wall has not been built. And, and so it's, it lays in ruin. He was saddened by that. And, and it was through, through his various interactions with the king at the time, he was able to leave and go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Now the wall is already getting built. But, the world is getting to a really good place once we when we get to chapter six, but but still more work to be done. And he began to face tremendous, tremendous opposition. There were these three guys called um, Sambalite, Tobiah, and Goshen. These guys were um, opposed to the building of the wall for whatever reason, probably have an interest in the wall not being built, but they were opposed to him. And, and there is something to be said about Nehemiah's tremendous focus. He, he was absolutely, exceptionally focused on seeing the work done. There is something to be said about the, about the fact that despite all the negativity and naysayers and all of the um, 
a sort of negativity thrown at him. He was able to lead the people, guide them towards fulfilling the task of rebuilding the wall. That is something remarkable there. But that's not what I want to talk about today. That, but before I go to what I want to talk about today, there is actually also something to be said about Nehemiah's strategic prowess. I mean, read through Nehemiah 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way to 13. This guy was tremendously strategic in the way he organized the people, guide them. And there's something to be said about that. But that's not what I want to focus on as well, because I want to draw attention to something else. And, and that is the has the question, why was the wall, building that wall, why was it important to Nehemiah? Because in chapter 6, verse 1, I, I read verse 1 to 4, that it says, When Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Harab, and the rest of the enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and no bridge remained in it, even though up to that time I had not positioned the doors and the gates, Sambalat, and Geshem said what me saying, come on, let's sit up and have a time to meet together at Kepram in the plain of Ono. Now they intended to do me harm. Now you might have speaking. I sent my messengers to them saying, I am engaged in an important work. I am unable to come down. Why should I come down to halt what I, when I leave it to come down to you. They, they did that four times, and on the fifth time they sent different words, but Nehemiah was focused on completing the task of building the wall. And the question is, why is the wall so important to him? Now, now we get clues and answers in that as we read, and when we get to verse, um, chapter 7, verse 73, towards the end of that, that chapter, in fact, the very last verse in chapter 7, to, I mean, chapter 7, verse 73, he says this, it says this, the priest the Levite, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the temple servants, and all the rest of Israel lived in their cities. It's, it's tremendous. And as you read the rest of Nehemiah, you begin to say, get a sense of one word that I really want to draw attention to, and it's the word restoration. Restoration. In rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, Jeremiah embarked on restoring the people back to a place. A place. Restoring them as a people together. Restoring a sense of justice, you read in chapter 5. He restores a sense of joy, you see in chapters 8 and 9 and 10. He restores a sense of worship. He restored the people. The wall is about restoring people back to a place they could call home. Because the people now are restored to, to the land and also to each other, but also to God. And that restoration is a very powerful, powerful um, testimony of God's work in the life of the people. In fact, when you get to Chapter, um, chapter 6, verse 15, it says, So the wall was completed in the 20th 25th day of Hilo, in just 52 days, remarkable, when all our enemies heard and all the nations who were around or saw this, they were greatly disheartened. They, were, they, they knew that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Nehemiah set out to build a wall, but the wall is really about restoration. Yes, it provides security, but it's about restoring the people to a place that they can call 
home. Everyone needs a place to call home. Now, some of us have moved to Australia because we call Australia home. Here we find a place to call home. Maybe you've been here for a long time. You're probably Australian, long time Australians. Well, wherever you are, you are here in this, this this reflection this morning around the world, you, 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 we all want to call a place home. We all need a place to call home. For Nehemiah, it was about restoring a people to a place, but restoring a people to each other. You read chapter 7, you talk about this descendants of these and descendants of that and descendants of these and descendants of that. The people were counted. They were counted to belong. I mean, the census in Australia is going to be this month, this August is the census month. And, and really, most all of us in Australia, most of us will be counted to belong. We all need a place to call home. But if you look around the nations today and around the world, several people do not have a place to call home. There are a lot of people who are displaced, displaced for, for whatever reason, forcefully or whatever reason. I mean, Turkey, the nation of Turkey alone, has close to 4 million displaced people from Syria. Four million. And four million is a number of a whole nation. Well, just think about that for a moment. I mean, to have four million people displaced. Displaced. We all need a place to call home. I mean, recently we see some of the ugly and sad scenes in, in South Africa when when a nation gets the fringe of it, the, the fringe of being of being a displaced, of people being displaced. But we also see the remarkable thing that can happen when the churches come together and Christian leaders come together and, and people of good conscience comes together to, to see the nation restored. Of course, there is still more work to be done in South Africa as a nation, but, but we can see when the churches had to pray and the people got out and good people of good conscience got out to clean the, the streets and to get things back together again because they know this is our place. That's their place, and that's the place they call home. But we have nations around the world, Myanmar and, and a whole lot of other places, maybe even Afghanistan. You name it, you just need to do a little bit of Googling around, and you will see the number of people who are displaced. But everybody needs a place to call home. For Nehemiah and the children of Israel, the building of the wall, it's about the fact that they have a place. The people counted in. It talks about the priests and, and the Levite and the gatekeepers and the singers is the restoration of joy to a place. As a church, our vision is to, to be shaped by God, to shape neighborhoods and the nations. Imagine if we dedicate today, this Sunday, to pray and commit ourselves to be thinking about what it means for us to be shaped by God, to shape the nations. I think part of that will also have to be about restoration. Imagine if we have this dogged-mindedness of Nehemiah type, type focus and, and commitment and consistency in the face of all odds to see the world rebuilt and to see people restored and to see nations restored. Imagine if we, as a local community of the church, commit ourselves 
to see this as a reality. Imagine what is possible. Just imagine that. Imagine what is possible. Imagine that. Imagine that. I, let me leave this thought with you as I think about that. Maybe today you want to, you know, take a moment and, and, and think about, about what you could do to be part of that process of seeing people become, have a place they can call home. Maybe you want to reach out to some reputable agencies around the world who could, who are doing this work already and you could just give a one-time gift. Maybe you want to pray about about that. It's just praying for nations. Maybe you want to reach out to someone for one of these nations and just pray about pray with them. Maybe even have a chat with them over Zoom at least. Because the restrictions we have now over over Zoom or whatever. They just, just say, ha, tell me more about this. Maybe you're already doing this already. Maybe you want to share what you're doing in, in seeing nations and people who have no place find a place they can call home because everyone needs a place to call home and for Nehemiah in chapter 6 and 7 the rest of the chapter by the whole of the book what we see is the restoration of people a restoration of people to a place to each other and to God and that is an amazing thing imagine if we can see that happen in our world for many many millions and millions of people for whom this is not a reality today let me leave you with a prayer in Psalm 67. Um, it's a beautiful prayer which I encourage you to also read and, and pray about perhaps. And, and think about what God may lay in your heart to do in, in, this, in this sense of helping people find a place to call home. Uh, whatever the Lord lead on, lays on your heart, but I'm, I'm sure it will be ethical, but, but just, really just pray about that and then consider what that might look like. And, and Psalm 67 says, may, may God show us his favor and bless us. May he smile on us. Then those living on earth will know what you are like. All the nations will know how you deliver your people. Let the nations thank you, O God. Another translation says, let, let the nations praise you, O God. Let all the nations thank you. Let foreigners rejoice and celebrate. For, for you execute justice among the nations and govern the people, the people living on the earth. Let the nations thank you, O God. Let the nations thank you. The earth healed its crop. May God our God bless us. May God bless us. Then all the hands of the earth will give honor he deserves. I pray you consider that this weekend and this Sunday. What's God laying on your heart? To be a part of that work, a commitment to see people who are displaced find a place to call home. Because everybody needs a place to call home. Have a good Sunday. God bless you.